You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 265. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, team. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast. I hope you're doing awesome. I hope you're ready for a healthy week ahead. What do we have going on with Earn That Body right now? Oh, it seems like a lot with spring around the corner. Definitely a lot of people signing up for the five-week program, nutrition help, fitness help, everything you can do to get those last pounds off before bikini season. And also Strong Body, the 21-day challenge, is now open for registration. The start date on that program is April 18th, but this will be a limited size group. So if you wanna join the team, if you wanna get in on putting on some muscle, again, for that spring and summer body, the 21-day Strong Body Challenge is gonna be amazing. Just go to the website, earnthatbody.com right there on the front there will be a link for strong body get the early bird price while you can all right team what are we talking about today we're going to talk about the top workout mistakes that i am seeing in 2022 now that might sound sort of familiar because we did a podcast a few weeks ago called the top nutrition mistakes of 2022 if you missed that go back number 259 That was a great episode where I told you all about the nutrition mistakes that I'm seeing so far with clients in 2022. And now I wanna go over some of the workout mistakes that I am also seeing at the start of this year. So the start of the year is always the busiest time of year for Earn That Body and most gyms and everybody's still trying to, you know, work on those New Year's resolutions. And so I have a ton of clients right now who I absolutely love, they're doing fantastic. But sometimes in that first week or two, I can see right away a problem going on with their workouts. And so we're gonna talk about that today because when you have some of these issues with your workout program, with your workouts in general, um, let's see, I have about, I think 11, 10 things that people are doing wrong or that we can work on. When these things are happening to you, it might be impacting your performance, It might be impacting your weight loss goals, like maybe you're working out so hard, but you're not losing any weight, and maybe it's because of one of these things. Um, So lots to talk about in terms of things we can maybe fix or adjust for your workouts, and always great to just bring them up. Some of them you've heard before, some of them maybe you haven't, and some of them maybe they're super good reminders because you fall back to old ways, right? So we're gonna talk about all of that after this and now it's time for the eagle's eye on health these are kim's quick tips latest health news or piece of weekly inspiration in today's eagle eye on health coming to you from consumer reports on health magazine they had a great article that talked about fast food and antibiotics now a new report shows chain eatery beef is a concern So listen up, everyone, if you're someone who might frequent the old uh, fast food chains, right? Now, most fast food chains still serve beef raised using unnecessary antibiotics. 
a farming practice that is a key driver of antibiotic resistant infections in people. Now that's the finding from the sixth chain reaction report, which scores the top 20 fast food and fast casual chain restaurants on their antibiotics policies and what they've done to ensure that beef they use hasn't been raised using antibiotics. Now, Chain Reaction is a project from six consumer groups, including the Consumer Reports Group. Antibiotics should be given to animals only if an illness has been diagnosed, but the drugs are routinely given to livestock to prevent disease. And using antibiotics unnecessarily leads to bacteria that are impervious to the drugs and the Center for Disease Control and Prevention says that 35 thousand people die each year from antibiotic resistant infections. That's a lot, 35,000 people, okay? Now, earlier chain reaction reports focused on chicken, documented the significant changes that chains made to their antibiotic use policies. But this year's report found that little has changed when it comes to beef. Now, 12 chains earned an F an F, you know, as in failed the report or the test. Those 12 included Arby's, Buffalo Wild Wings, Burger King, Dairy Queen, Domino's, Jack in the Box, Little Caesars, Olive Garden, Panda Express, Pizza Hut, Sonic, and guess who else got an F team? Starbucks, all right? These chains got an F on these reports. I mean, I think that's terrible. That's not a C, that's an F, right? Now, Applebee's, IHOP, Taco Bell, they got D's, and Wendy's, McDonald's, and Subway, they got C's. Chipotle received an A, and Panera received an A. So there you go. If you're gonna have to go fast food when it comes to these antibiotics, you're definitely gonna lean towards the Chipotle and the Panera. Although, trust me, they have a ton of other issues. But the lack of progress of these restaurant chains adopting policies to prevent the overuse of antibiotics, it's disappointing, don't you think? Especially considering that taking action can reduce the threat of antibiotic resistance. So it's really a shame that a lot of these fast food chains are doing nothing. I mean, if you're getting an F, you're basically doing nothing, right? That's what I would tell my kiddo <laughs> on that test they got. If they got an F, I don't think you did very much to, to work on that, to study for that. So a lot of these fast food chains definitely need to pick it up because antibiotic resistant infections, that's a real thing. And why would you wanna pay and eat foods that could contribute to something like that? So. Definitely something to keep in mind. I thought it was a great article. I know every now and then we all have to hit a fast food shop, but you might want to keep that in mind when it comes to where you're getting your meat. Now, team, are you ready to talk about the top workout mistakes that I am seeing in 2022? Well, Number one, and these go in no particular order, so this isn't like the number one I see the most often or anything like that, but the one of the things that I see that's impacting workouts and kind of causing a bit of a problem would be leaderboards. Now, what do I mean by leaderboards? Well, a perfect example would be Peloton. If you have a Peloton, then you probably know there is the leaderboard on the right-hand side. 
And the problem with a leaderboard on something like Peloton, there's several problems. The first thing is, all of these bikes that there are around the world, the people that you're competing against when you're looking at that leaderboard, they're all calibrated completely differently. So you're not on a level playing field when you're on your bike against someone else. So you may be huffing and puffing and giving your all because you're trying to beat that person ahead of you on the leaderboard, but the reality is their bike is so old that it's calibrated so differently that it's pointless to try to be hitting the power that they are showing they're hitting because if they were on your bike, they might not even be half of that amount of power. So you have to be really cautious of that. That leaderboard is, in my opinion, completely irrelevant because every single bike is calibrated so differently, has a lot to do with which bike you has, have, that which bike you have, meaning do you have an old one? Do you have one of the newer ones? And even still, my sister and I have a similar year, um, not the same year, but pretty close. And even our bikes, I can tell they're totally different calibration completely. So trying to kill yourself, catching that person on the leaderboard might be doing more harm than good. Now, why is that? I mean, shouldn't you always work as hard as you possibly can? No, you shouldn't actually. So another thing about Peloton that I kind of laugh at is that when they have their cooldown classes, there shouldn't even be a leaderboard access on a cooldown class. You shouldn't be trying to beat anybody on a leaderboard when you're trying to cool down, right? So your workout should always have a specific goal in mind. And hitting or beating someone above you on the leaderboard is not usually the right goal. And you might perhaps have a day where you're supposed to take it pretty easy. It should be maybe an easy workout day, but you can't not beat that person on the leaderboard. And so that in itself is a workout mistake. Now with another leaderboard situation would be like Orange Theory. They're also sort of publishing what the heart rates are and so everybody is competing against each other in their class. But what I've seen is I've seen people pushing themselves to what I call an unsafe level. Not unsafe necessarily as in they're gonna have a heart attack, but I see a lot of people getting injured in Orange Theory. No offense to Orange Theory, I'm sure it's a great workout, but the problem with these leaderboard situations is that people are sometimes pushing themselves past a point that is appropriate for them right now. So a perfect example would be a client going back to Orange Theory, they haven't worked out in three months, they get on that treadmill and they've gotta beat that person next to them, but they haven't worked out in three months. So what do you think happens? They often get injured because they pushed themselves too far, too fast over a very short period of time. You've gotta build yourself up. So sometimes these leaderboards are pushing us too far, too fast, and it's just not always the benefit that we necessarily need, or maybe it's not on the time frame that our body needs. So you have to be really cautious. Now this would go for Zwift too. If you're an athlete, maybe you run or biked on Zwift, and they also show you where everybody is at and you're sort of racing each other on those bikes. Little bit of a problem is that people input their weight to height ratio to get these certain amounts of power 
that you're then going to be pushing or comparing yourself to against another person. I know people who lie about their weight to height ratio so their power shows stronger and they can beat other people. That to me is absolutely ridiculous. Why are you doing this just to lie to people? I guess it's an ego thing, right? But that sort of makes it like Peloton in that you're not playing on a level playing field, right? You're not actually racing someone who is at the same power as you necessarily. Now, I'm hoping more than not are honest about that stuff, but I just think sometimes we get a little bit wrapped up in the leaderboards, and I'm not quite sure that they're creating the benefit that they probably are set up to originally do. So sometimes they push you too hard on an easy day. Sometimes they're pushing you too hard for your ability and that can lead to injury. So there are things that you need to watch out for. I personally, when I ride my Peloton, I turn off the leaderboard. I'm not there to beat someone there. I'm there for a specific goal of a workout. So be cautious if you're on a leaderboard. Another thing, number two, that I see as sort of a workout mistake that I do see a lot, especially for my runners out there, a lot of people are going much faster than their coach has recommended. So it definitely plays into running more than anything. Also, biking could be swimming as well. But if your coach has a set plan for you, and if they have given you a plan, and you decide, you know what, I'm gonna go faster than that. Depending on what the workout is, that could be a huge mistake. Mostly when it comes to your endurance days, generally your longer runs, your longer bikes, your longer swims, those are generally endurance level at a much slower pace. Now, just because you can do that distance at a faster pace doesn't mean you should. And hopefully your coach has you pulling back on those days because they should be easier in terms of heart rate because you're going for a longer distance. So going faster is not showing your coach, hey, look at me, I actually could go faster. It's actually probably pissing off your coach because that was not the goal of the workout. Not to mention that is where injury can potentially occur. And it's very hard to recover then from a long distance workout that was pushed too hard. Now you have to take many more recovery days before you can go into that quality workout that is gonna be much more intense because you won't be recovered and ready for it. So going faster than your coach is prescribing is a mistake. And if you feel like the pace that your coach is giving you is not appropriate for you, then that would be a conversation that you have with them instead of just doing your own thing. Try to remember, if you hired a coach, you probably hired them for a reason, right? And that might mean what you were doing on your own wasn't working. So now you gotta try it the coach's way, (laughs) right? And just remember that hopefully your coach knows what's best for you. And if you don't trust your coach, well, that's an entirely different conversation that you might wanna have with them or with yourself to figure out if you need a new coach. But going faster, than the coach has prescribed, like going fast on your easy days, is a workout mistake. Number three, not taking the full recovery in your workout. 
So an example of this, maybe you love HIIT training, right? That's when you do these high intensity peaks, pushing really hard, maybe 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and then you maybe wanna march to recover, right? And you really need to take that recovery in a HIIT workout because that's what a HIIT workout is. A HIIT workout is not just to keep your heart rate high for the entire 30 minutes. It's to go high, recover, heart rate high, recover. And if you're not fully recovering, then you're not getting the benefit of the actual workout. So not taking a full recovery in a workout like that is actually a huge mistake. Now, how would you not take that recovery? Well, I've seen some people, I've seen it at the gym, I've seen people, or I should say, I've had people tell me, well, I do the HIIT training, but then I sort of jog during that recovery phase because I don't need to march. Well, actually you do. You need the heart rate to come all the way down. So don't be doing jumping jacks during the recovery just because you can, because that again, that's not the goal of the workout. You're not gonna get the true benefit if you're not taking the full recovery. Another example would be in running. Sometimes we do a lot of interval training like a HIIT workout where we push hard for 30 seconds or we push hard for a minute and then you're asked to pull back and fully recover. And in general, it is ideal for most of those type of workouts to walk during that recovery. Now again, it depends on the run, it depends definitely on what you're doing and what the goal is, but a lot of times you want to come to a full walk so that you can bring that heart rate all the way down so that then you can max out on your next push. But what I see a lot of people do is they say they jog the recovery, but honestly, it's like a slow run. And again, just because you can do that doesn't mean you should. So not taking the full recovery in the workout when it is prescribed is a workout mistake. Number four, not taking a recovery day. I do in fact believe that every single person out there needs a full day in the week to fully recover, meaning you do not work out on that day. So this really goes for those people. We already work out five, six days a week. We're doing a lot, we're pushing our bodies, and that means we need a day to rest because that rest day is kind of like sleeping in that when you sleep, that is when the body repairs itself. And so in that rest recovery day, when you don't work out at all, that is a time when the body can recover and repair. And that is what you need to keep gaining strength, to keep increasing performance. And when we miss these recovery days, or even when you miss that good night of sleep, right? The body can't repair itself. And so you might be like wondering, Why am I not getting faster? Why am I not getting stronger? Why am I feeling exhausted all the time every day? Well, maybe it's because you're not getting in that full recovery day. Now, a lot of clients come to me and they say, I know Sunday's a recovery day, but can I still go hiking? Can I still go for a power walk? You can, but I don't recommend it because even hiking can be very strenuous and power walking is very strenuous. So can you go for a casual walk? 
Yeah, a casual walk that doesn't bring the heart rate up at all, that's going to be fine. But it's also fine to just not do any workout that day at all because the body needs to recover. Number five, I see this a lot, too many hard workout days. So I'm talking about that client who comes to me. They want to do a private nutrition session and they tell me, yes, I already work out five to six days a week for an hour. And I say, great, if you have a set program, generally I want to see that from a coach or you're following some kind of exact program that has a proper build and proper recovery, then that's great for my private nutrition program. So they sign up and then I see why they are struggling to lose weight because they are doing an intense workout every single day. So they weren't lying. They do work out five to six days a week, but I'm talking a hard, solid cycle class every single day or Orange Theory every single day. Those are hard classes. It's not good for your system. It's not good for your body. You're not able to ever recover and you're putting yourself into what's called an adrenal fatigue. So in general, they say about 20% of the workout time in your week should be the hard intensity quality workout days. But then the other 80% should really be easy or light to easy or moderate at the very most, I would say, right? So a couple hard days of intensity, like I run two hard speed workout days a week, One day I do a long endurance run, but that's at a low heart rate, and that's three days max, and that's considered enough hard days. And the rest of my days are my easy days. They're not high heart rate. They're not super intense. I don't need to recover from those kind of days. So that is super important that you don't want too many hard days. The sixth mistake that I see for workouts is not cross-training. And we definitely talk about this a lot. Again, it's something I see with my new clients when they first start. We either have someone who A, loves to strength train, so they strength train every day. That's their workouts. They do strength every single day. Or B, I have a client who loves cardio, and they do cardio every single day. They do cycle class five to six days a week. What's the problem with both of these things? You've got to cross train. You've got to change it up. There's so many reasons why that we've talked about before, but the reality is if you strength train every day, then the first thing I hope for you is that you're at least doing different muscle groups every day. So if you're doing legs on Monday, you shouldn't be then doing legs again on Tuesday because these muscle groups need 48 hours of recovery time before they can really go again. So you're not gonna get stronger by doing a full body strength training workout every single day. Now, if you're someone who loves to strength train and you do strength training every day, but you do different muscle groups in those days, that's better, but I am gonna tell you this, if that's all you're doing, and so you do like upper body on Monday and Tuesday you do lower body and and Wednesday you go back to upper body, It's not going to be enough, especially if you're trying to lose weight. So I'm just going to tell you that right now. Like those are the people who strength train only that I see struggle the most for weight loss. Now, cardio also. You can't just do cardio every single day. Couple things to think about. 
Yes, you can do some cardio every day, but you should be changing up the type of cardio you're doing. So don't do cycle class five days a week. I keep using that as an example because I know how addictive it can be. And some of those classes are absolutely amazing. And the, you know, the energy that you get and the vibe and the music, and you just love the way you feel afterwards. But for one, it's too intense to do it every single day. Two, doing cycle, that's a very repetitive motion on your knees, on your back, on your body. It's very repetitive for that hour. So to do it day after day after day after day can definitely lead to injury over time. It would be so much better if you did that cycle class one day and the next day you did a full body strength class and the next day maybe you did a light run and then the next day you went back to your cycle class. Creating that cross training It's absolutely the best thing that I've ever seen for my clients when it comes to weight loss and also for performance. Meaning if you are trying to be a faster runner, you don't just wanna run every single day. Even my run coach has me do a day that's not running. I I do a couple days where I don't run, where I do strength training, where I do plyometrics or biking. So adding the cross training is essential and if you're absolutely just like so into strength and that's all you do or you're so into running and that's all you do i'm sorry to tell you it is a workout mistake all right number seven is having no workout plan so you show up to the gym and you're like oh a kickboxing class okay i'm gonna do that today and then the next day you show up to the gym and you're like oh okay, today's a a body pump class. Okay, I'm gonna do that today. And then the next day you show up the gym and you're like, oh, it's body pump again. Okay, I'm gonna do that class again. So okay, now you just back to back to your strength training days, right? Um, The next day you show up at the gym and it's a a 50-50 class, meaning it's half strength and half cardio. Oh, that's what's at 10? Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, now you've just done strength training three days in a row, right? You've gotta have a plan. Look at your gym schedule ahead of time. They're fantastic classes at a lot of these gyms. If you've gone back to the gym, I personally don't think it's time to go back to the gym with COVID, but if you have and that works for you, look ahead of time and create a plan. Create a plan so those gym classes have that cross training that we just talked about. You're gonna do the cycle class one day, you're gonna do the body pump class one day, then you're gonna do the cardio kickbox class one day. Try to every single day do something different with a plan that is going to benefit you so, so much more than just going in and doing whatever it is that's available. Now, another part of not having a plan is just kind of going into that weight room and doing your own thing. (laughs) So this is another thing for people on my private nutrition program. They schedule their own workouts. And when I see that they did weight training, I usually ask them, okay, so what was your workout exactly? Like, what was the plan you had? And a lot of times they're like, oh, I just kind of went in and did my own thing. Like I did a little bicep work, I did a little shoulders, and, and then I did a little core. Okay, that is not a plan. Like when I say you need to have a plan, you either need to follow a PDF workout that someone sent you that has a proper build. You need to follow a video like ETB Live. I do a full strength training class. I bring you through every muscle group and there's a build and there's a proper 
way that we do the workout, but just going into the weights room and kind of like picking up a weight and doing this a few times, you're never going to work out hard enough or in the right way to make a difference in general. So even if you make up your own workout, I would be fine with that, but put it on paper and say, I'm gonna do this many sets of biceps. and Because if you don't say how many sets you're gonna do, I promise you, if you're just like even a little bit fatigued, you're like, yeah, I'm not gonna do it again. But if you maybe had it written down that you were supposed to do that three times, we always laugh in my Earn That Body class because I always say, look, everyone, we wouldn't do this last set if it wasn't for all of us being here right now, right? Like we would skip it, we're tired, we're ready to move on. But it's that third set that makes all the difference in your body because you're pushing past that fatigue, right? And when you walk into that weight room without a plan, you're generally not going to push past that fatigue. Your body's not gonna change. How do I know? Because I used to do that. Before I got super fit, like over 15 years ago, that's how I used to strength train. And my body never changed. So you really want to have a plan. And another no plan would even be in terms of like cardio, say going on the treadmill. If you're running every day, that's your workout, but you just get on the treadmill, you put it to the same pace and the same incline, and every day you just go for your 45 minutes to an hour, and it's always the same thing, your body will adapt and your body will not change. So nothing's really gonna benefit you there by doing that, and that again is because you don't have a plan. If you had a proper treadmill workout, you'd be pushing hard and then recovering and pushing hard and recovering. Or maybe you're holding a certain pace for a tempo run on certain days and maybe other days are then your endurance slow days. And so even a treadmill run can have intensity and can have change and can be different. There's so many great treadmill workouts you can do, but they shouldn't be the same every day because you have no plan. So having no plan is a top workout mistake. Now what's number eight? Seems obvious, but you'd be surprised at how many people do this. You cannot work out through pain, all right? You can't. If you're having pain, that's your body waving a red flag saying something is wrong here. Now there's some people who have pain and it's a new pain and they're like, ooh, that feels weird. Like why am I having that pain in my hip right now? If you feel that, stop what you're doing in that workout, okay? That's your body saying, okay, something just happened, and you might be able to prevent a bigger injury just by stopping right then and right there. That might be all you need. Um, If you have an old injury that's continuously hurting every time you run, every time you bike, That foot still hurts, that back still hurts, your hip is still bothering you, but you keep going because uh, you've had it forever. That doesn't mean that it's okay. Because again, pain means something is wrong here. And if you have pain for a significant amount of time, this is a chronic situation, you should see a doctor so that they can resolve that issue. It's not getting better on its own, obviously, right? Because you still have it. So even if the doctor told you what it was, but you wanted to be negligent and overlook it and think that it would go away, if it still hasn't gone away, go back to that doctor and see what can you do so that it's gone forever, right? Or if you went to a doctor who said they didn't know what was wrong with it, 
go to another doctor because guess what? Something is wrong with it. And I've had to see more than one doctor before for an injury and that's okay. Go to the doctor until they can figure out what is wrong. But working out through pain is a definite workout mistake. Number nine kind of goes hand in hand with that one. If you are not listening to your doctor, when they tell you do not work out because you're injured, but you do anyway, and I have many clients who do it, it is a workout mistake of the biggest type that you could possibly have. You went to the doctor because something was wrong. They told you what to do. They said, you can't work out on this right now. It needs to heal. And then you didn't listen to them. Or you went to the doctor because something was wrong. They told you not to work out. You listened to them for part of the time, but then after a few weeks, you couldn't take it anymore, so you eased back in, and so you're working out before they told you to work out. They said six weeks, you just went back at three, and it's hurting again not listening to your doctor. It's such a huge mistake. I always feel like when this happens to my clients, I just want to shake them because I'm like, look, you made it through three weeks. You've only got three more. You got to give it the full six weeks. And by starting back at three weeks and not going the whole six weeks, they've just started the process all over again. They're just going to have to start the six weeks over. Now they're looking at nine weeks, 12 weeks, Everyone, listen to your doctor or you may as well not have gone to the doctor, right? And if you don't trust your doctor, you don't like what they had to say, get the second opinion because that is a workout mistake for sure and could lead to an injury so bad that you'll never run again, right? I know this, I know this because I I know people it's happened to. They don't run anymore because they pushed so hard for so long and didn't listen to their doctor and now they regret it. Don't get to that point, trust me. And the last one, number 10, the top workout mistake I see in 2022 is what some people do, which is the opposite of working out too hard, is not working out enough. You can't not work out, people. You are going to need to move your body. It doesn't have to be intense. It doesn't have to be CrossFit. You know, sometimes I get clients who feel like they, they, they don't have the confidence to work out every day because either A, they don't know what to do, or B, they're like intimidated to work out too much or too hard or to push themselves. You don't have to work out too hard. You don't have to push yourself that much. Even if you walked an hour a day, Some days with hills, some days without. See, you can still cross train even a walk if you change the type of walk that it is. That would still be better than nothing. Not working out is a big mistake, obviously, for so many reasons. Obviously, if you're trying to lose weight and you're not working out, that's not going to work. You've got to move your body. Another thing is though, if you're not working out, and you are aging, which I hope in fact you're aging because obviously if you're not, that's a bigger problem. (laughs) We're all aging, right? Otherwise we've died. So we're aging and if we're not moving our body every day, except that recovery day, then over time it gets harder to move our body. We get injured, we get illness, and everything becomes more difficult. The more fit you are, the more healthy you are, Everything as you age will be easier. The less fit you are, the less healthy you are, everything you age will be harder. 
So you have to make that choice. It doesn't have to be for weight loss, but I want you to work out in some way, even if it's just walking, because I want you to be healthy and I want you to feel good as you age. And one thing I'll definitely tell you, the harder you work out as you age, that's gonna take a toll on you. That's why I keep saying, don't work out hard every single day. It's too much for the body. But do work out in some way, shape, or form. Find the workout that you love. Maybe it's a dance class, right? Maybe it's Taekwondo. It doesn't have to be running. People hate to run. You don't have to run. People hate biking. I actually don't love biking. Um, Do what you love. Find what you love so that you want to do it because exercise will just simply make you feel better in so many ways. So not working out enough is definitely a top workout mistake that I have seen in 2022. Those are your 10 top workout mistakes that I don't want you to make, that some of you make all the time, that some of you have resolved because you used to make those mistakes, that some of you slip back to because sometimes it's just easy to go back to old ways. I get it. But hopefully today I've reminded you of maybe some things you can change for your workouts ahead. We're still early in 2022. You can still keep working on those goals, right? But maybe you just need to make a few adjustments in your workout plan. And never be afraid to ask for help, whether that's a personal trainer at the gym or if you need workouts, like you're like, you know, I really should start strength training, but I don't know where to begin. Reach out to me, Kim at EarnThatBody.com. I have so many online strength programs that can get you up and running. Never be afraid to ask for help, especially in areas that you're not familiar with. Maybe you want to do yoga, but you're sort of like intimidated to go to that yoga class. I have yoga online. I have lots of things to guide you online so you don't have to put yourself out there if that's a reason that you're not doing it. You know, some people, they don't want to go to the gym. They don't want people to see them working out. Hey, that's a confidence level that I understand, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't work out. But let's get you working out at home then, all right? So many great programs online. There's so many free programs. Look on YouTube. Do whatever you need to do to move your body, I promise you, it will make you feel so great. And the more you move, the healthier you want to eat. It's like this little cycle that starts to happen. And that's where you create a healthy, balanced lifestyle. So I hope this helped you today. I hope it reminded you of things or taught you things. And just remember the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. Hey, don't forget, go sign up for Strong Body. Go to earnthatbody.com. Check out that front homepage. Click on the Strong Body link and make sure you are in our 21-day challenge starting April 18th. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.